So tonight, this is, this is so in my wheelhouse. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> um, you know, tonight, I, I have a message for you that I'm calling Burning Ones. Because that's what the Lord is wanting to do. Let's get into this message. Isaiah 6, 1 through 8, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they were flying. And they were all calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, the earth, the whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people with unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar, With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips, and your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and whom will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. During the second day of our fast this past week, uh, I, I, I can't remember what, I, I believe I was over here in prayer, and I, I kept hearing the Lord saying something over and over and over again. He was saying, seraphim, seraphim, seraphim. And, and at first I was like, God, why are you calling out to angels? That doesn't make any sense to me. And he said, I'm not calling out to angels, I'm calling out to my burning ones. Now, now the word seraphim, which is an angelic being, means burners or fiery ones because they burn in love for God. They stand, stand around his throne ready at once to minister to him. Their occupation was twofold, to celebrate the praises of Jehovah's holiness and power, which we see in verse 3, and to act as the medium of communication between heaven and earth, which is verse 6. So the Lord wasn't crying out for angels. He was crying out for his, his burning ones here on earth. Who both have the occupation of praising Jehovah's holiness and power and being a medium of communication between heaven and earth. We are called to the lifestyle of a burning one. So, how do we live the lifestyle of a burning one? I wrote down these three things from Isaiah 6. We must first allow the Lord to cleanse us. 
We have to, we have to ask Jesus to first come into our lives and take away our sins. And once he's done that, we have to continue to ask for forgiveness because we're human beings and we continue to, to sin because of our fallen humanity. But we come before the Lord and we, we ask his forgiveness and we continue to repent from those things. Number two is we must live in close proximity to him. The burning ones in Isaiah 6 are seated around his throne, ready to minister to him at any given moment. And number three is just that. We must be ready to minister, not only to God, but also to people. The seraphim didn't just minister to God, crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, but the seraphim took the coal down to Isaiah and touched it to his lips. And because of that, because of that act of a burning one, Isaiah was empowered. He was ready when the Lord asked him to come. He said, here I am, Lord. Send me. In your role as a priest, you were called to first minister to God and then to people. The way that we minister to God is by praising, worshiping, and communing with Him in prayer and meditation. The way that we minister to the people is by allowing the overflow of what we have received in our time alone with Him to pour out into the lives of others. I want to make this statement. God is mobilizing His army. You've seen it up here on this screen. In that video, He is mobilizing His army right now. And if you were ever over here with us at the student ministry, He is mobilizing His army. God is doing the greatest work in His people right now that He has ever done. Last Wednesday... Or last, I'm sorry, Friday at prayer, we are praying for the new wine of the Spirit. And God had given me this, this revelation about both the Spirit and our human anatomy. As human beings, we are actually mostly made up of water. We're, we're vessels of water. In the New Testament... The, the wine is, uh, represents the spirit. And I don't know, and Pastor Otis actually referred to this earlier, but Jesus and Mary, most of us know this story, were at a wedding. They ran out of wine. And Mary says to Jesus, do something. 
And so what does Jesus go and do? He, he turns the vessels of water into wine. And then what is said? It said, you saved the best for last. You saved the best wine. Or, you saved the best wine for last. I believe in, in the last days, God is doing the greatest work that he will ever do in his people. And he's doing it right now. He is filling vessels up with the new wine of the Spirit. As we allow him to come into our lives and get close and he touches us, we're transformed into the new wine of the Spirit. We are the new thing. We are the new wine. Ephesians 5.18 in the NLT says, Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. We are to be under the influence of nothing of the world, but the new wine of the Spirit. If He's changing us into the new wine, how can we be filled up with anything else? If we're supposed to be overflowing with His Spirit, how can we be full of anything else? Lou Engel changed the name of the call to the send. That was his ministry name, the call, his prayer gathering. And he felt like the Lord had, had changed what was happening. Now, he's not abandoning the call to prayer and fasting. He's just prayer, pairing it with prayer and, and fasting and missions and evangelism. It says on the card and on the screen, the send is the war on an action. Last year, we changed the name of our student ministry to Ambassador Student Ministry because the Lord had spoken to me and said, the well was a place, and I don't want to create a place. I want to create a people because a people can mobilize. A people can go out. And reach people for Christ. A place can't do that. So we must be tracking because Lou Engel is doing the same thing. Both Ambassador's Student Ministry and the Send. And everything that the Lord is doing right now points back to missions and evangelism. And going out and reaching people for Christ. You see, prayer and fasting and missions and evangelism, we're both working and taking action in the natural and the supernatural. Luke 14, 23 says, Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. How do we ever expect anyone to want to come to church and especially come to Jesus if there's not something compelling about us? That's not talking about only speech. 
That's talking about our lives, the way we live. We need to compel people with our lives, with the lifestyle. Our evangelist Todd White say it kind of like this. He said, if people don't like what they, he's kind of a hippie, so he kind of said it like, people don't like what you got, bro. If, if people don't like what you got, they won't want anything that you got. He said it really weird, but, but it made sense to me. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's so true. Why would anyone want anything on, on my life if I'm just giving them lip service? They have to see it on my life. They have to see it in the way I live. You don't just compel people with your speech. You compel them with your life. Listen, the earth needs a new level of devotion. You can watch the news. You can look around you. Even look at the, the radical Muslims. Or the radical atheists. They're going after whatever they're going after in attacking the word of God. With all their force. We need a new level of devotion. Because the enemy is devoted fully to stealing, killing, and destroying. And we have to counteract that. The earth needs a new level of devotion. Psalm 63, 1 through 8 in the Passion Translation. Listen, we need, we need wilderness moments in our lives. We, you know what? We just need a lifestyle of wilderness living. What do you mean by that? Embrace hardships. Get out of your comfortability. Listen what David said. When he was exiled in Judea in the wilderness. Psalm 63, 1-8 in the Passion Translation. It says, Oh God of my life, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more. With cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearnings grip my soul for you, my God. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory. For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. How I love and praise you, God. Daily I will worship you passionately and with all my heart my arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you for anointing for the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you help me like a father. I sing through the night under your splendor shadow. Offering up to you my songs of delight and joy. With passion I pursue you. And cling to you. Because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close to your heart. Only radical, unrelentless, all-consuming, fiery love and devotion will do. We are in that hour. 
And there needs to be an urgency to seek the Lord. Not just to come to church and sit around or go to a life group and sit around. Or go to your job and sit around. You need to have the urgency of the gospel on your lips and in your life. The enemy. He doesn't care about you. So why give him your time? You need to go into a wilderness moment. And you need to have the same fiery passion and thirst for the Lord that David did when he was exiled. We whine about our days. If you live in America, you are blessed. We don't go through, through the things that half the world goes through. So you had a bad day at work. Get over it. You weren't exiled into the wilderness. God wants to do something in you and grow you. Accept the hardships. I found myself in this season of life praying for the hardships because of how close I was to God during the last set of hardships. Only radical, unrelentless, all-consuming, fiery love and devotion will do. What does this new level of devotion look like? Pastor Otis uh, had touched on some of this, and, and he didn't even know what I was really preaching about. It looks like the burning life of a Nazarite given to a lifestyle of fasting and prayer. A Nazarite is a person set apart, purified, made to reflect the glory of God, raised above the norm, and are therefore given authority over a nation. Nazarites are those who seize the invitation from heaven to pursue the highest levels of personal devotion. Their lives blaze with passion. The Nazarites ache with a burning love for God. They are called to shake people out of their complacency and confront the religious status quo with burning zeal. I went and picked up a student of mine at Lacanto High School today. And let me tell you, this generation, and not only this generation, but also the people here sitting in their seats, you have a Nazarite call. God is calling you to that type of lifestyle. When you accepted Christianity, He set that on your life. When I picked Him up today, He didn't know what I was preaching on, and we just began to talk. And He told me this. Said, I was on the bus this morning thinking about a prophetic word that another student gave me while we were at Holy Spirit Retreat. And we were praying over one another. And the student at Holy Spirit Retreat, when he was praying for this other student, he, he said that he saw his, his 
uh, hair ties snap off. Eric, come over here. Turn around. Eric's hair is very long. Go ahead and sit down. In the vision, this was last year? This year, February. Said he saw his hair tie snap off, and, and he said, uh, he said, it's time to let your hair down. Now, for those of you who, who don't know much about Nazarites, when, and he had said this to me earlier, and I, I already had knew this, uh, when Nazarites would go into battle, when Israel would go into battle, they would send their Nazarites out first. And the first thing that they would do, they would put their hair down. They'd put their hair down. And today, he felt like the Lord had said this to him. It's time to enter the battle, Nazarite. And during gym class, his hair tie snapped off and broke. That was one year ago that he got that word. That's not only for him. That's for all of us. I'm t- I, that sounds kind of silly probably to some of you, but I'm taking that as a prophetic indicator that God wants this to happen. That the Lord is calling us to a deeper level of devotion. Loose your locks. At, the, at Lou Engel's uh, prayer gathering in Washington, D.C. at the mall, his son Jesse had undergone a, a, a Nazarite vow, and he was about 15 years old. And, and I can remember watching it uh, on, online, and he was praying this and screaming this, let the long hairs arise, let the long hairs arise. He was saying as a prophetic declaration. And it's time. Nazarites are true athletes of the Spirit. Theologian Walter Wink said this, the slack decadence of culture Christianity cannot produce athletes of the Spirit. You can't have the earthly pleasures and God and the things of the Spirit. It doesn't work that way. So how do we start living this lifestyle? Very first thing, you need to, other than give your life to Jesus, you need to, you need to give yourselves to prayer and fasting. Listen, we just came out of a season, a week, I'm sorry, of, of prayer and fasting. 
That's not all the fasting that you should be doing this year. It's a continuation of prayer and fasting. Listen, we have, we have prayer every Thursday. It's really nice. You guys should come. Wednesday, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm over here. I'm sorry. I'm, I've had a lot of caffeine today, and I'm crashing. Every Wednesday, prayer. You can pray at home, too. You need to pray corporately as well, by the way, though. Give yourselves to prayer and fasting. You can fast a meal. One meal. And God can use that. He can use anything that we give him. Anything that we offer to him as a pleasing sacrifice. I might step on some toes here. When our days are filled with excess, we lack the pure passion of hunger. We can't hunger for things. If we're filled up with all this other junk... told the kids, uh, I'd said this in our prayer and fasting message I did before, prayer and fasting week. We can't be full of ourselves and full of the Spirit. I'm going to go a little bit further. Because some of us like to watch dumb reality shows and listen to dumb music. And I don't care, I'm going to say it. If you're filling yourself up with not yourself, you're probably filling yourself up with somebody else who's full of himself. And that doesn't work in the kingdom. Step on some more toes. We need to fast and exercise our faith through prayer so that we shed off the spiritual fatness that we have accumulated and calloused our minds and our spirits with. Revival is a result, not a cause of prayer and fasting. The difference is purpose. We are on purpose, not by accident, asking and positioning ourselves for God's Spirit to move. We aren't leaving it to chance or maybe think or thinking maybe it'll happen. We are taking it by force and making things happen like Mary did at the wedding. Taking it by force through prayer and fasting. The mightiest weapon for Christians is humility expressed in fasting combined with prayer. Lou Engle, in the book that Jesus Fast says, Our appeal to heaven is most effective when combined with massive corporate prayer and fasting. Biblically, this is the divine reset button. The spiritual chiropractic adjustment that aligns earth with heaven. 
Isaiah 6 said in the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Listen, I want this to be what God says over us. In the year of 2018... I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on, a, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Oh. The burning ones have to come. The Isaiahs have to stand up and say, here I am. Send me. I'm available for you to use me, Lord. I don't want the things of this world. I don't want the worldly pleasures, God. I want you. I have to have you. We have to get there. We have to get there. When nothing else matters but the voice. Nothing else matters but the presence of God. We have to get there.